Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Erica Weiss with special guest friend and fiddler Mitch DePew. We recorded this at Clifftop. Tall Poppy String Band has a couple upcoming tours that we'll officially announce soon, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. That's the best way to keep up to date with us in case we're coming to your town. And if you have any leads on potential Get Up in the Cool guests that live in the areas we're touring, let me know. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guest, but first, here's my interview and jam with Erica Weiss. Enjoy. So good. Erica Weiss, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Well, thanks so much. And Mitch DePew, thanks for being our special guest fiddler. (laughs) I've been wanting to have you on the show for a really long time, and um, I'm going to try my best to not interview you today because this is an old-time guitar backup (laughs) episode. uh, Feel free to interview him as (laughs) much as you want. Uh, Let's talk afterwards. I would love to make it happen another time. And then maybe you can be the special guest guitarist. Oh, how nice. Well, yeah, Erica, I think you and I met last Fiddle Tunes. Correct. I think uh, that's the first time we ever met. On the porch at, what's it called? What's the building called? I don't know. know. Uh, And we had a lovely jam. You left me with a, a wonderful impression, and I felt so supported. Like I could just, like, relax into your groove. And it was that's so That's my goal. Yes. <laughs> you did it. That's my goal. That's yeah. my job. And uh, then as I was getting ready to uh, plan my like 
Clifftop guests. Your name kept coming up over and over again when I was like, who, what old time guitarist That's should sweet. I interview? And then, and I was like, who's Erica, Erica <laughs> Weiss? Cause I, I, I didn't put it together. Uh-huh. And then I saw you, I was like, oh, oh, good. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for, for doing this. Well, thanks so much for asking me. Yeah. And I, and I put you on the spot and asked you in person. Yes, you yeah, did. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> At Clifftop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of a long week. At the end of a long week. But yeah, sometimes the end of the clifftop episodes have this really kind of manic energy. Or that's ethereal. Really either yeah. way, it could be dreamy yeah. or yeah. frenetic, I guess. Yeah. Either. We'll see what flavor we get. So I have so many like old time backup specifics that I want to ask you, particularly because I just played old time backup guitar for another interview a couple hours ago. And I was a little embarrassed with myself. <laughs> I'm sure you did great. I think it was fine. Yeah, yeah. So you did great. <laughs> but uh, I have so many questions, and I want to want to pick your brain. And before we do that, can you tell me when you started playing old time music, and more importantly, why? Um, yeah, I started playing in the early '90s, '92, '93, and um, truthfully, I was making a big life change. Yeah. Again, a big story here. And I wanted, Are you going to tell us what the big life change is? Just that I wanted to play more music in my yeah, life good. and maybe full time or yeah. find a way through the arts yeah. and change everything up. But I hadn't found my musical passion yet. Yeah. I actually, I used to do Balkan singing. Oh, but I, but I had, and I, yeah, and that was a passion. But I hadn't found my instrumental passion and I didn't have many chops either. Were and, you studying instruments before guitar? Oh, I grew up playing a little piano and sure. French horn in junior high school and sure. dabbling in folk guitar and, you know, singer-songwriter type stuff. Great, yeah. Um, but I didn't... I, I tried bluegrass because I like some bluegrass music and the idea of having to learn how to take a lead and flash everybody and this is like nah. <laughs> I love that's so kind of speak. what it's like yeah so to speak <laughs> you know yeah. as like yeah. Nah. Yeah. and then um actually a teacher of mine he said I came he said he was trying to help me find my what turned me on what you know blues or or bluegrass and I heard some recording of it was Angeline the Baker, I confess, but it was some old, really good, good version. I said, I like that. Chestnuts or chestnuts? Yeah, or and he said, he, I said, I like that. He said, oh, you like old time. Yeah. And he took me downstairs. There was a record store for any of you Boston people. It was the Music Emporium. Okay. And, yeah, uh, and he said, get this, 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 and this. I didn't even know I was going to talk about this, but it's really true. Do you remember what this, this yes, and this Yes, I think I do. Um, Tommy <laughs> Jarrell. Great. I think Camp Creek Boys, um, tribute to Fred Cockerham, the best yeah. tape ever with Greg Hooven. It was a tape. Do you know it? Um, I, I thought I knew it. I, I don't think I've actually it's heard this tribute. It's, it's fantastic. Riley Boggess is playing guitar on that oh. one. Um, and The Heartbeats with Beverly Smith. So, a mo- like he gave, oh, and also there was one more John Herman and. Dirk Powell yeah. made this fiddle and banjo tape. I know that one. It has yeah. a lot of Salyer stuff on it. It has all kinds of stuff on it. So he gave, he pointed, this teacher pointed me to a mix of older stuff and modern, at the time, modern stuff. And I just went nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I said, that. I want that. Yeah. And what, do you remember why? Um, 
putting into words why old-time music is so exciting and moving. Uh, it, you know, like, as opposed to bluegrass yeah, yeah, or, I'm the, or yeah, something. Yeah. The ensemble aspect of it, yeah. the, you know, the creation of one whole sound, um, even where you have, you know, the sort of the dominant instruments and the backup, but really the goal is one solid sound. Great texture. It's not people waiting to take their flashy turn. Um, and it, the goal, the, the effort is, can we all blend yeah. even in our specific roles? Yeah. And it's just beautiful music. I mean, the tunes yeah. were incredible. I mean, the Round Peak stuff was incredible. The Salyer stuff was incredible. The Kentucky stuff. I mean, everything was, wow, beautiful tunes. Also, they reminded me in some ways, of some of them of the Balkan stuff, where there's a lot of drone, especially cross yeah. A tunes had a lot mm. of drone factor in them. So you, this was a guitar teacher. Uh-huh. You you approached this guitar teacher. I want to like, basically, get my I, instrumental passion. Yeah, I want to so, learn up, like, learn more. I want to yeah. have a guitar skill. But you hadn't decided what to do with it yet. Correct. And old time is the thing. It that went stuck. wow. Yeah. It just and then I started going to music camps. Yeah, which ones? First one I went to. Actually, the first one I went to was not specifically an old time camp. It was Pinewoods. Folk Music Week, and Paul Brown and Terry came, and they brought Benton Flippin. Oh my God. And Mac Trainum. Yeah. And others, and I was in heaven. And then I started going to Ashokan Southern Week and Augusta Old Time October Week. And Melvin Mine was alive, and, and Wilson Douglas was alive. Mm. And um, I was actually studying fiddle at these camps and playing guitar on the side, but watching people. Yeah. And I'm a terrible fiddler still, but I got to play guitar with Wilson Douglas. So yeah, that doesn't suck too bad. Wait, is that the time that you played in his band? Yeah. You, you want to hear a story? Yes, okay. Please. So, so I, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> so, I mean, I'd only been playing for a couple of years, if that, this was 1993, if that, and I was in a fiddle class but playing guitar to jam afterwards. And Wilson Douglas would hang around the fiddle class trying to be helpful. But um, he saw I played guitar, and so we would jam. Mm -hmm. We would jam, me and Wilson Douglas and whoever else was around. And then at the end of the week, they have this old, this master's reunion, fiddler's reunion. Um, it's part of the October week tradition. And we're jamming that morning, and his banjo player, Kim Johnson, uh, had come into town. Yeah. yeah, she's there. And we're jamming with other people, students who were in the program. And then he says, and he had his voice box, he said, you know, we're going to meet at 2 o'clock. And I said to Kim, oh, we're jamming again? And she, I, I don't know about the voice box thing. Oh. I hate to slow you down. That's okay. Wilson Douglas had uh, maybe throat cancer? I don't know exactly. But in his later later years, he had, you know, a voice box. And, Is it one of those things where he holds it to his throat and yeah. that allows him to speak? And yeah. It has sort of like a robotic kind of sound? Yes. Yeah. I, I, no one had told me yeah. that. Huh. So he said, no, we're not, we're not jamming. You're, oh, Kim said. She laughed. She's like, ha. Ah. She said, no, no, we're not jamming. We're playing on that little stage that's in the middle, you know, for the masters. That's for yeah. his slot. Yeah. And it was one of those moments of... Complete honor and complete horror. Yeah. Because Wilson Douglas's tunes are crazy. They're profoundly weird They're tunes. They're profoundly how weird would tunes. You play, how would you make those decisions? And I had so much fun jamming on them, but I didn't know I had to really learn them. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it, was a, it was wonderful. I mean, yeah. I'll never forget. I didn't do too bad, I don't think. 
I tried to stay out of the way. Yeah. Oh, so good. So, yeah, so old time for me started back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went to a lot of camps and went to a lot of, started, went to my first fest. I went to Mount Airy in 1994. I'm, I'm curious, why, why did you choose to study fiddle at these camps instead of guitar? Because it's so obvious how beautiful old time. I mean, if, if, if I could get fiddle, you know, if. It was kind of a dream, you know, wouldn't yeah. that be amazing? Um, but I also felt like I didn't need classes in the guitar sure. that I could learn by watching people and yeah. jamming. I mean, there were plenty of opportunities. Um, and people, would, Paul Brown would give me little tutorials and yeah. you know, work with me. You know, it was the dream of being a fiddler, you know. Sure. And it, it hasn't exact, I can play some fiddle, but I don't take it out here. Yeah. In in the general population, I can call myself a fiddler, but not yeah. in an old time population. I, I took out uh, a fiddle earlier today, but only because it was at the very edge of Clifftop <laughs> in a very private jam. And I was like, I feel safe here. This is a safe space. Yeah. There's so much amazing fiddling here. But as if it taking fiddle classes, I got to learn from Jeff Gehring and... Uh, Gary Harrison directly, huh. you know, and that was exciting. I bet you also got to learn how the tunes are constructed in in a new way. Absolutely, really informed your guitar playing. Absolutely, yes. I mean, it's all it's all one of a piece, yeah. you know. So, um, but yeah, mostly I just like coveted fiddler. Yeah, interesting. Power, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. But um, all the, but I love playing guitar. All the while, and I, you, while you have the most powerful instrument in the string band. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually do. I mean, I'm 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 a rhythm person, yeah. so yeah. it's fine. It's great. Yeah. Let's it's play. Wonderful. Let's play another tune. Yes. And then I want to like get into the shapes you use, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. All that. All that stuff. What do you want to play? You're talking so, Sally. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure, let's play that old time Sally Ann. <laughs> uh, no worries. <laughs> These are my favorite part of left top recordings. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a water. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No problem. You can drink. That's perfect. Creo que eso es de gripo, pero tiene mala pinta. Bueno, para lavarme las manos. Vale. Love it. That was gorgeous. Yeah. All right. Should we try that again? Yes, let's do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whenever you're ready.
Good. Whew. First question. Yes. I noticed you are using this G shape. The four mm. finger G shape. The four finger G. Yes. yes. Do you always use the four finger G? Um, no. If I'm playing C, C tunes, okay. I usually use because the pinky right G. Yes, because yeah. it's right there and it's a quick change. Yeah. And it's also cool to feel like I'm strong enough to do that shape. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but then for all other... For most, yeah, what's so you there are things you can do with that shape that, um, harmonically, like, yes, so it's a little singer songwriter esque, but mm. you've got your G chord, you've got your C chord right there. Oh, do you use this one for all time? Well, for I'll use the bass notes, you know, I, yeah. I won't necessarily use the whole sus chord, sure. you know. You're not uh, like or the C9 or C2 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I won't. You're treating it as an old time drone and not as like a, a sentimental. So, you chord. know. Especially if it's a quick four. Yeah. It bounces. I might use it, but also the bass notes for yeah. that. And I'm noticing when you're switching to the four, you're not necessarily voicing the, the third of the chord with your index necessarily. Like sometimes you're just hitting the note. If I'm using it as a walk yeah. through bass. Yeah. As part of the bass line, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then it also makes it easy to get to your D chord like that. You know? Oh, yeah. And then you also have oh. an F chord there. Yeah. So there, there, there are things you can pull out for passing notes that yeah. are fun in that shape. Something I've noticed about, about this shape, and it's one that I've neglected in, in my very limited old-time guitar playing, is... It sounds like kind of like aggressive in like a in a positive way uh, because it like I feel like it's a little more energetic, a little more like. Maybe, I mean, the difference is that note. That note, yeah. 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 That's yeah, the difference that's kind of in a sound. Sweeter, yeah. Sure, you get the higher. It emphasizes. Yeah. The but then, if, if you're using that pinky G for the C, maybe that, then it resolves up. But often you're also crunching it a little bit, so you you know C tunes. Yeah, what do you mean crunching it? Like you're getting some rhythm out of the strings in a different way. Crunching so isn't the right word. Looks like you're sort of flattening Sometimes. your fingers to, yeah. to mute them. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily be doing a full ringing G out of in a C tune. Yeah. Do you ever use a capo? I was just thinking that if you didn't have another question for me, I was going to talk about not using a capo. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so the, the, the tunes that I actually tend to love the most, or I, in the beginning especially, were A tunes, cross tunes. Yeah. Um, round peak ones, as well as the snaky, yeah. dreamy, Kentucky and other yes. ones. And the people I learned from did not tend to capo. Yeah. Beverly Smith, for example. Mm. And so in my learning phase, the power of playing out of real A, where, you know, you go up to the four, and then you've got your five is big and loud and deeper, is so beautiful. Yeah. And it's really different than playing A, Capoed. It's so yeah. Comple it's just a different quality. Yeah, the the notes that state the chord, like the roots, are big open strings, and you yes, you probably can't do that crunching on the same way 
with the, with those voicings, maybe with the A voicings. Yeah, with yeah. the real A. Yeah, yeah. and they really they ring and probably really changes the sound. Really changes the whole drama, I think, of an A tune huh. um, for me. You know, um, and you know when I first went to Galax, the guitar players. The fiddlers convention there. They slap a capo on the second fret for the most part and play play A and G tunes the yeah. same shapes. Yeah. And they play C and D tunes the same shapes. Um, which it makes it easier if you have minor chords. But right. um you know, playing three hours in G and then playing three hours in A and using the same shape for six hours is yeah. is not nearly as fun. Yeah, fingers, but it's really more of a sonic thing. I like yeah. I like the way true A sounds. Yeah, and true D and true D. Yeah, this is inspiring to me because I am one of those. You know, I play in G and C, capo or not. And there's yeah. nothing. You know, yeah. clearly nothing wrong with that. And it's and it's got its advantages. And right. it's a choice. It's just an art, artistic yeah. and physical choice. Yeah. But and again, if I had learned first from people who did that, maybe I would be doing it too. Sure. But um, but you're really like capitalizing on the like the character. Absolutely, I of like the, the quality of the tone of the true A. Yeah, it's more dramatic and rich, and and I like G for G tunes. You know, it's yeah. different. I like I like that it distinguishes the sounds of the different keys. Yeah, more clearly. Sometimes uh, I think people can like think about the shapes as being the music or, or like the state, the statement of the chord or, or, or the individual notes as opposed to the, like the sonic quality itself of, you know, like the way an instrument sounds when it's tuned up to cross a versus tuned down to cross G or something. It makes the tune completely different, but I think some people are like, Oh, it's, it's the same. We're just going to do it down. Right. No. Yeah. And I think a fiddler would say, and, and may prefer one or the other yeah. at different times or for different tunes. Cause, because it does so change it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And the mood it's of it. Different response of the instrument too. Yeah. I bet your intonation probably where your fingers go probably changed quite a bit. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and I had, yeah, I had thought about that in terms of, you know, the fiddle and, and the banjo as well, you know, for, capoing or not capoing or tuning up but yeah I'd, you know caveat if somebody says we're playing in b flat i'm gonna capo okay yeah i was gonna say that, that was my next question <laughs> yeah. do you ever use a capo? yes yeah. i mean sure yeah. well if you i'm where do you capo when you play in b flat um i just played the other day and i capo it on the third fret so play and played g. it in g shape yeah, yeah. but i i could i was thinking of trying it in an a shape too yeah. and i just didn't i mean at the time yeah here's another time i'd use a capo i learned this at galax as well where there's often two guitar players in a band yeah. and so one will capo and one doesn't yeah and so you have two different instruments yeah. going on and two different qualities of yeah. backup at so the same if, time so if you're playing like i guess g Tunes. Well, if it's a G tune, then you both be in G. Yeah. What, so. what, what's the situation you would do? Usually. And where would you capo it? So, so if it's a D tune, one will play in true D, yeah, and the other will capo on the second fret yeah. and play in C. Yeah. And it's really different quality of sound, and the runs aren't exactly the same, you uh -huh. know. But they all work. They're all this out of the chord at this yeah. point. So, um, it's also a kind of a courtesy. So you have two different people with their own realm. 
Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, and you're not worried about uh, you, your runs running into each it other. It doesn't matter. And you also see how each other's playing. You right. know, you do play together, so yeah. you get a sense of whether that person even runs a lot. I don't always run that much. Let's play another tune. Let's do What's it. Next? Yeah, what's next? Pretty or... That's your choice. They're all pretty. <laughs> yeah, let, let's do that. Let's do that, Mary and Reese, because I want to talk about crooked tunes. Great. Yeah, that would be great. Great. Let me just tune down. Well, thanks for playing it with us. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. So, that's a crooked tune. Yes. It's got some elongated phrases. And when when I first started playing old-time guitar, I was like, wait, I can't go root fifth, root fifth here, because then I'll turn it upside down. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, what, if there's, like, an odd amount of beats or whatever. And I get lost in choosing... Even if I know what the chord is, mm -hmm. it's like, how am I going to, which bass note am I going to choose? Uh -huh. I was wondering if you could speak to that. Like in this tune, how do you, how do you figure out where to place, uh, where to make the line? Because you're like writing counterpoint in real time. You know, it's I'm, quite the skill for this kind of tune, especially. It's, I love this. Yeah. It's, 
um, how to vote, how to explain. I mean, well, the first thing with crooked tunes, you know, is I mean, it's amazing what guitar players. I want to speak up for guitar players, but we have to do in in jams, especially, is figure out the structure of the tune, figure out the chords in the tune, figure you know, like really quick. Um, it's like the fiddlers are just like writing like a novel with no punctuation, and you're like the copy editor, like correct. bang, 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 correct. bang. <laughs> Absolutely, and this chapter and yeah. that chapter, and wait, but that one's shorter and that one's longer. Yeah. Sometimes it's crooked. Um, but at the same time, you're hearing the melody. So you're listening to the structure, you know. Um, and I actually absorb the melody a lot. I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I'm trying to take yeah. in your question. What do you mean absorb the melody? I actually have to learn the tune in my head as we go. Okay. And I have to be able yeah. to sing it to, to myself. Very good. So I'm yeah. learning the tune as we're playing. So I know that the ne- what the next time around is going to, you know, and it's like, oh, I have almost all of that, but not the next part. I kind of assume everybody does, but I don't know if that's even true. Yeah. I don't know. So um, so then, you know, you have all your little options, your bass note op- and alternate options to accentuate the melody, or as you said, do counterpoint. Um, and some of them work, and some of them are, you know, better than others, and sure. some of them don't. Um, I mean, most crooked tunes, I mean, you still usually have a boom chug. If not two book chats. Sure. So yeah, there's at least one boom chuck. So it's not it's not they don't split the beat. Right, yeah, because that's like the, the That's the unit. Smallest that's the small, common denominator or whatever. The smallest yeah. unit, I think, yeah. maybe. Um But other than that, I mean one of the things that was taught to me early on was Go for the longer amount of time on each chord rather than changing chords frenetically. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, I know. I noticed this, I think, in the first... No, maybe it's in a tune coming up. I can't remember. There, there's a moment where you held on a four mm-hmm. instead of returning back to the uh-huh. one. Either in a tune that we're about to do or that we already... <laughs> I can't remember the specifics. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're I... are not doing a quick four here. Right. We're hanging out. That was taught to me. You know, these are things I observed, but also people yeah. pointed out, you know, as opposed to other kinds of music where it's cool to catch every little change and every little direction the melody goes. Yeah. So the job is to hear it all and then re- reduces it. Sounds like a bad word, but like figure out the ba- the minimal floor that it all works over yeah which is why i love some of those eight tunes um especially kentucky because you can play the a chord and a lot can go over it and meander into different poke into different chords but you don't go you, you let, let it dance on top of it yeah so um so those are you know choices when do you voice the chord and when do you let it ride over what you're holding yeah. um and then if you're not playing with a bass player, you can mix it up. Yeah. If you are playing with a bass player, it's a whole other experience because you have to lock something in. Uh-huh. You don't get yeah. to try stuff. And then stuff. you're having a negotiation. Yeah, yeah. or, or <laughs> what happens for me often is I try something and the bass player, in a lovely way, picks up on what I did. And then I'm like, no, 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 I didn't mean to do that. I don't like that. Let's <laughs> change like, it. like, okay, you know? I'm here with you. But they can't hear me at that. You know, right, you know. right. So, but, um, you know, you've got these bass notes um, 
especially in this cheese shape. Yes. At your disposal. So yeah. you mess, you know, you mess around with them, see what works. But also you move. I like to move my fingers in a tune like we just played. I like to move my fingers with the lilt of the tune. It's so lilty. And I love one chord tunes. Um, but if they're of that nature, you can move your fingers. You can dance your fingers with the tune. Yeah. Does that sound yeah. like... Yeah. When, when Mitch is playing, you're hearing, you're listening for that is an anchor point that is like a signal, maybe. Well, I'm listening to the, the notes that stand, the be- the be- like the mel- melody notes that touch you. Da, 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 da. You know, you hear these notes and it's like, ooh, I want to play that with you, but obviously I'm not going to yeah. um, dub- try to double the melody. But how can I, emph- how can I yeah. lift that moment here mm. or there? Or if he emphasizes, oh, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, I'll try to accent it a little bit. But you know, a tune like that, you can try different things every round. Yeah. So it's fun. I was gonna I was gonna say, do you always play uh like this tune, for example? Like how how wacky would you get in terms of like different from like the first time that you did it? Like how far would you stray from how you did it the first time through the, the form? I don't know. I don't yeah. think I get that way. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I do different things every time, but that some of them repeat. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Um, so you have like a a basic, maybe a narrow window of this is how the tune should go, and and you and you stick within that with really and modest it, variations until I hear somebody else back it up and I say, oh, what they're doing is really cool. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, here's another thing I've learned: the more I've learned. The more I've learned that there's no one right way yeah. to do it, yeah. which is both a relief and also like, oh no, so what do I do? <laughs> yeah, the decision fatigue. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, and when I was learning what to play, what I did, I listened to a lot of recordings and figured out the the chord structures to a lot of standard mm-hmm. tunes. Like I did it in the car. I would yeah. just listen. How does that tune go? So if I sat down in the jam. I wouldn't make a fool of myself. Yeah. Um, I'd know how backstep Cindy goes or, you know, breaking up Christmas or whatever. But I've also learned that different people or different in different regions play things differently. Yeah. And so I've learned I can't say to somebody, no, you're playing that wrong. Yeah. Or they can't say it to sure. me either. And so then there's decisions, yeah. which are fun to make. You know? I... I like uh, I like when you responded to me and you said, it's more that there are parts of the fiddle tune that mean something to me and mm-hmm. make me feel things. And I want to like, you know, clap on those moments sort yep. of like, mm-hmm. and, and I like, I like the idea that, you know, the fiddle, you know, as much power as it has, there's so much information going on in a fiddle tune anyone could walk away with a very different idea of what made that tune the tune and you get to like say this is what this tune means to me yes by like directing the flow of the energy yes yeah and at the same time i'm trying to figure out what does the tune mean to the fiddler so okay. i can give them the best experience yeah how do you know well 
you know, you sit down just and looking you, for micro you expressions. Know, yeah. yeah. And also in terms of courting, um, I'll, if not always check in, if it's a, if it's a, not an obvious tune, you know, the chord changes, I'll say, what do you like here? What, what, because there's nothing worse than a fiddler being, and I know this is being, even in, as a poor fiddler, being backed up by chords that you really didn't want. And mm. because the other chords lift you. And that's, you know, why do that? Okay. So I'll say, here, do you want this? Or do you want you know, a four chord or a five chord or a minor chord or no chord? You know, stay on the one chord so that we're all happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know if we have this in our in our plan for tunes. Do we have any one chord tunes planned? Well, it would be really great to hear you one navigate tune. one of those. Okay, which what do you? I mean, Bucking Mule was sort of a one chord tune, which is quick five. Yeah. I just had quick that's fives. That's, we yeah, started with that, yeah. and I just did little bass. You know, I walked around in the bass area yeah. on that, and I didn't even have to. It was yeah. fine to just. So maybe that's covered already. Yeah. It can for, be. For reference, you can go back. I mean, for reference, go back yeah. to track number one. Yeah. <laughs> I do have them hyperlinked, so you can yeah. just click on it, and it'll go right back. So You know, again, if you're playing a super speed, I mean, super speed round peak um, tune, like Breaking Up Christmas, which is one chord, mm-hmm. or Ducks on the Mill Pond or something, like the one chord detunes, Um you wouldn't necessarily do much with it because usually it's really fast and you're just driving it and keeping it, ju- you know, I'm being a bass player often on those kind of really fast ripping tunes. Um, and I don't want to do much walking or variation. It's distracting yeah. for the really, really fast ones. But I love those too. And I, um, you know, I sometimes... I hear guitar players, oh no, another one chord tune. I don't like that. But my feeling is if you don't like one chord tunes at all, you don't like old time music. I mean, uh-huh. or old time guitar, <laughs> yeah. or, or guitar playing, yeah. you know, that's not for you. If right. that's not, if you think that's boring, yeah. it's like, there's something magical about it's mantra as, you know, playing the same chord yeah. and making it make the song work. Yeah. You know, you get deep into it and you don't have to think and you're just playing. I saw this band recently. They were like a singer-songwriter band, like a little chamber folk kind of thing. And there was this moment where, like, the I think it was the fiddler was taking, like, a long solo. And the rest of the band was just going um, the whole time. I did not. I did not listen to that fiddle one bit in that solo. All I could pay attention to was, like, Wow, it is absolutely thrilling to watch this like clockwork energy and the like tiny pushes and pull, you know. And they weren't even playing a chord; they were just playing like you know one or two notes, you know. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I can see how playing a one chord old time tune uh, could be really uh, really engaging, really it's, thrilling. It's so much more responsibility. It requires more focus. Absolutely, it's like playing more Cajun will. Triangle. It's a you know it's when I you're am. yeah Cajun Triangle. I get yeah, <laughs> which I can do whenever. Uh, I'm sure because you play Cajun music. As I do well. play Cajun music. To do as well. a, a Cajun interview at some point. Not that I'll have anything. And to I play. use different chord shapes. Uh, yeah, I bet. You can play the triangle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the most intimidating. Whenever anyone says the triangle is like 
they think it's an easy instrument. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah, like, no you way. need to sit down. <laughs> well, another moment of honor and horror. I had my triangle, Cajun triangle debut playing um, with Joel Savoy and Jesse Leger at Newport Folk Festival. Oh my God. I, I practiced. <laughs> ding -a -ding -a -ding -a -ding. That I is, practiced uh, hard. That's horrifying. Yeah. Was, and well, it was, so came proud. out okay. Yeah, yeah it sure. came out yeah. okay, but it was like, yeah. yeah, but the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what should we play no, next? I, I actually did think of a potential one chord okay. that we could have fun with. Okay. To you, uh, Jim Bowles, Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. Let's run through it. It's great. It rides. It's beautiful. It rides the D. Cool. I love that. It's a great tune. Let's 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 try it. Try it. A different mode than the other one that we did. If we're going Kentucky, I'm going to Mesmerizing. Absolutely. I have no idea how long we did that. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> That's just what I needed. It was either two minutes or 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And it's just trance-like to just yeah. stick with the mm. chord, bass, alternate, maybe yeah. a couple of little things or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it made the, the, the few runs that you did yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, oh. Just a little. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, my fingers are so sore from a week at sure. <laughs> yeah. the top. And it's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> so um, I hate to ask you to do my job for me, but I'm aware that as, you know, a neophyte all-time guitarist, I don't necessarily know all of the questions to ask. I'm wondering if there, if there's anything that you really want to talk about, about old-time guitar, that you think would be valuable for people to know about that maybe I haven't thought to ask? Um, it could be... think if there's something... To... Um, yes, please. Yeah, you, you were mentioning when you were hanging out earlier yeah. that you wanted to talk about some of your influences and you were talking with Beverly up there and asking her some questions yeah. that you wanted to discuss. So, so again... In the from the people I learned from, it was sort of the the. Uh, I don't want to say the era because it's not over, but you know, <laughs> Big Hoedown and you know Bruce Mulski and, yeah. and Dirk Powell yeah. and Rafe Stefanini and Beverly Smith and Bob Herring and there's a lot of people, yeah. m- most of whom also you know played some guitar, um, and and this was also something I noticed the distinction between old time guitar that I was exposed to live and bluegrass was the, the, the take on the beat mm. and the attack on the beat. And yeah, we haven't talked about time exactly on the beat level. We've only talked about phrase. Yeah. Right. And in terms of the attack of the pick um, mm. and the length of the beat and the downbeat and the backbeat, the mm. boom and the chuck, and the people I was influenced by, including Beverly Smith, a lot. She was one of, um, again, I didn't take formal classes, but she was one of my strong influences. Um, and she would back up Bruce Molsky and Rafe Stefanini often and other people. The backbeat was rich. Yeah. It wasn't rushed. Mm. Where in bluegrass, I often feel like there's, a, you know, there's an attempt to get back to the downbeat mm. and eclipse the backbeat. And, and, and it's a style. It's a legitimate style. And some old-time players do it as well. I mean, um, get kind of in front of the beat. Yeah. And I remember Beverly telling me, you know, all we got as guitar, old-time guitar players is the downbeat, the boom and the chuck. Let's yeah. make the most of them mm. and keep them equal in length and not short shrift the, the chuck. Yeah. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes. Um, when you say equal in length, yes. do you mean uh, the amount of time between the boom and the chuck, or do you mean the amount of time that you let the notes ring? Good question. Um, like the envelope of the That's note. a good question. I think the time is the most important. Yeah. Um, it should just be equal. I, mm. I think in my attack, it probably then also means that the ring hmm. is equal. Do you have any sense of that? You know, instead of, you know, instead of that kind of Sure, feel, yeah. Um, which I might use for some things, and sure. I might use in a C-tune. Um, it really makes you to have cl- to commit and change chords absolutely last minute, I bet. Well, the way I think of it is I'm going for the beat right down the middle yeah, on both parts, not ahead of it. And, and 
And sometimes people think I'm behind the beat, which because they're used to people playing ahead of the beat. Yeah. But my goal is bomb, bomb, right down the mm. middle for each, for each like a metronome. Um, yeah. Hmm. Unless the tune calls for something different. But, sure. But that's, um, I like the down the middle approach. Yeah. Again, these are all just images. Who knows? Yeah. What, they're not real It's hard things. to not get metaphorical. Yeah, they're know? not real things. I mean, they're just yeah. descriptions. But, you know, bluegrass will often try to push it forward, yeah. even if it's not super fast. And again, there's, and so will some old time players. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. It's just a style stylistic choice yeah my thing i feel like if i go straight down the beat the syncopation of the fiddle and the banjo they just it's easy they're just working around yeah. it leaves a lot of space yeah and and they're setting the syncopation and i'm just providing the the support the solid mm. um clarity of where we're at in the phrase or whatever yeah Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. That's, yeah. that's the best I can do. Yeah, I don't know if I would have thought to ask about, about that. Well, because I'm often aware. I'm often aware of um, when I'm playing with other guitar players. Yeah. When I'm sitting down, it's not only do we have the same chord choice, but yeah. do we approach, do we play the same way? And often it has to do with how much time we give each half of the beat. Yeah. And it's an adjustment if it's different. Yeah. You know? Huh. And, I'm, and sometimes it really is. So it's a thing. Okay. Well, I have one more question, I think, before I ask you where people go to, like, get your music and stuff and albums and things like okay. that. But before that, in this conversation, we've kind of been talking about, like, old-time guitar as, as like, a, a monolith a, li a little bit. Hmm. Um, although you, you've said, like, it'll be different, you know, for, like, different styles. You've hinted that mm -hmm. you might change here and there. Sure. So old time isn't just one music. Correct. It's a, it's a collection of musics. And I'm curious how you change all the stuff that you're talking about, or if you change all the stuff that you're talking about when you're playing a Missouri tune, a West Virginia tune, a Kentucky tune, etc. Sure. <laughs> yes, I change it. Yeah, yes. what do you I do? Mean, I know maybe that's a whole other it's podcast a episode. Big, yeah. big <laughs> I mean, so... Chord choice category, you know, well, of one, course, yeah. of course, you know, yeah. Missouri, Missouri rules for Missouri too. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't even, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. It, you know, and, and it also depends again, if there's a bass player, yeah. if there's a bass player, it's a different vibe and my role is different and you're not going to hear the little things I do probably, you know, so much. Um, and I can't experiment as much if it's if there's a bass player because we need to be locked in and we need to make right. those choices yeah. um sure the the i i i don't know how to yeah. quantify it is there any it, particular um like tradition within old time that's like given you the most challenge and has like stretched your instincts. Oh, sure. Most. A lot of the tunes that Mitch has played. The Mitch, Mitch, the Mitch I, I imagine genre. Kentucky, <laughs> I love them. No, no, I, but I like that. Yeah, I, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's exciting. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. There's so much in old time guitar. Some of it is just focusing on keeping my rhythm steady. Yeah. You know, yeah. and some of it is focused on can I figure out that snaky tune and make it work yeah. for, you yeah. know. And, and some of it is just figuring out a quick pattern and having fun with it. Yeah, it's 
it's so it's thrilling to sit down with different fiddlers um, and try to meet what they are presenting, both stylistically and their choice of regional tunes. I mean, yeah. it's thrilling. It's all makes it so different every yeah. time. Yeah. You know, and I I'm lucky to get to play with a lot of different fiddlers in different styles it's, it's you know there's so as you started to say there's so much in there it's not one thing yeah so mm. well where do people go to get your recorded works so i actually have a website Eric, yeah ericaweiss.com and um i i also call dances by the way I oh call, lovely i call squares and conchas available for hire i teach cajun and zydeco dance and i do play a lot of cajun music as well yeah. And I make guitar pick earrings and sometimes funky t-shirts. And I have, I think I have, well, I'm, I'm saying I think because I might be on some other people's recordings, but I have two CDs. Um, one is with the Square Peg round, Rounders, yeah. which is Aaron Jonah Lewis, Sam yeah. Guthridge, and myself. And uh. it's all old time tunes with the Aaron Jonah Lewis yes. flourish and me playing pretty straight old time guitar. Yeah. And so that's an exciting mix where he's yeah. pushing the boundaries yeah. and Sam comes from the bluegrass world, but he's very melodic and beautiful. Mm. And then I also have a CD of original, not old time music. Oh, great. Tunes, songs I wrote, all songs. Oh, lovely. And the, the, the EP was produced by Joel Savoy in Louisiana with uh, Kick-Ass band and mm. it's kind of swamp poppy and bluesy and swamp pop yeah cool so that's another thing and so there's order information on on my website great i'll make sure to include that in the okay. show notes thank you so much for your time and your i mean it's it feels silly to call it labor but like you you've put so much work into like figuring out old-time guitar and therefore old-time music in general and thanks for sharing that. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I do teach at camps, and I love to teach. Yeah. And when you teach, you have to, you have figure, to out ways. Yes, yeah. you have figure out ways. Yes, you have to figure out how to convey what you're yeah. after. And so this is a great opportunity to practice articulating that. Yeah. Thank um, you so much. I got a lot to chew on. Okay, In my, in my old-time guitar life. <laughs> if you ever want a lesson, let I me might, know. I might take you up on that, yeah. EricaWeiss.com. Yeah. I, I do love to teach, yeah. and I've had great teachers that have you know, helped me a lot. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, it means a lot that you gave this these pre part of these precious last hours of Clifftop to, to this. Thank you. Well, and I got, and I got Mitch, to, you too. I, I got to play with Mitch and you. What a thrill. It's a good use of time way. in it, Clifftop. Thanks so much, Mitch. Thank you. Yeah, it was lovely playing with you. What are we going to do for our final tune? Well, let's crank it up to A. Great. Okay. We decided for uh, Chekhov's real A. We mentioned it so early in the episode, and now we finally get What's there. <laughs> the real A. Oh, yeah, real A. Here we are.
Visit ericaweiss.com to book her for dances, workshops, camps, and festivals to perform, teach, and call, or get a one-on-one lesson with her. That's linked in the show notes, along with links to her albums, Galax NYC, with the Square Peg Rounders, and So Fine, her album of original songs. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, also linked in the show notes, along with links to my banjo lessons, pitchforkbanjo.com, that's my Clawhammer instructional video series, and my old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.